Oh, look at this. Japan's Kuroshi culture was a warning. We didn't listen. Do you know what Japan's Kuroshi culture is? I do not. They call them the dark ones. That's why they're always in silhouette in these stupid promo photos. Uh, they are people that eschew society and go off on their own. I'm your host, Danny Paul. With me, as always, is the vice host, Leon Coventry. Leon? Danny, I'm back. You're back? Where um, were you? I was on the gorgeous island of Kauai. Along with, on an uh, island in the Pacific, south, southwest of Fiji? Along with 90,000 billion other people that have recently discovered that travel is available again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that a real number? I'm making up numbers, but it felt How was like it? That. Was it bad? Like it was a crowd at the airport? Um, yeah, the airplane was full for sure. Wow. Um, I was surprised with all the hoops to make you jump through at getting tests 72 hours before blah, 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 blah. The island is clearly not ready for the influx of tourism to hit them. Uh, they're completely out of rental cars. So Mm -hmm. uh, for months. So they're basically, people are even renting U-Haul trucks to get around because there's nothing else. I think the world uh, is dealing with that. Yeah. They can't ramp up fast enough. And, uh, it's, it's pretty, it was, you know, we made it work, uh, and you know, it's probably all for the better, but if you wanted to get reservations, if you wanted to go on boat tours, you want to go to whatever, you, you would have had to book a month out plus. So, wow, uh, which is fine. Uh, we, I enjoy the beach days. And, you know, the only thing that seemed to be open was golf. And that's OK. So great time. Loved it. As you do. Good vacation. And, uh, you know, happy, happy to be out there, but happy to be back. Relaxed. So, back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Psyched. Congratulations to you, sir. How are you? Missed your last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, making do with the way things are out here with the heat. I am fully aware of what Mr. Jones likes to say, that we live on the surface of the sun. So for those of you that know that we're out here in Phoenix, we just eclipsed 113 last Tuesday. We're recording this on a regular Thursday, the 17th. So Tuesday was 113. Yesterday was 115. Today was supposed to be 117. We will probably get close to 118. They seem to think that 119 is a record. So okay. 117 seems to be the standard top end. And then, of course, they always bring out the almanac. Uh, we took the oldest to a soccer camp. This was the third day of a three day soccer camp held Indoor from soccer six. New. No. Oh. Held from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And right around 720-ish, the temperature drops about 10 degrees. Bam. Okay. So you're sitting pretty at about 112, I want to say. In the shade with the breeze, it's doable. Uh, once it gets to that mark where the temperature drops, you can feel it. It's almost as if somebody turns a fan on. And then yeah. uh, similar to what the locals say out here, once it gets down below 107, it's warm but it's not uncomfortable mm -hmm. and in the nighttime 
it can get down to mid 90s. So if you can imagine, we're recording this around 9 p.m. So if you can imagine, it's probably 99 or 100 outside. If you got a fan going, it's actually quite pleasant. And then hmm. in the mornings, I try and get up as early as I can to get out into my garage and work out. You roll outside in the morning right when the sun's coming up and it's about 80. So there are moments of habitability. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to go, I wanted to go more positive than habitability, but you're basically hitting the nail on the head there. There are moments of, Oh, this isn't so bad. And then noon comes. Yeah. So air conditioning, swimming pools. That's what Phoenix is known for. Anyway, uh, I, I've said that Arizona in general is the reverse of the Midwest and the Northeast, which is nobody goes out in the winter there. Nobody goes out in the summer there. It's just what it is. So for sure, this is our reverse winter. 100%. Yep. In the spirit of winter, what is your Brown for today, sir? Well, in the spirit of recently coming back from the Island, I am drinking a very unique Spirit of Hawaiian Cowboy Blended Whiskey called Pani Holo. Hmm. That is brewed there on the islands. And uh, it tastes like uh, you know, it's 40% alcohol, 80% proof. And uh, it's uh, one of the few distilleries there on the islands. And it has a bold whiskey taste with a sweet now, I think it's like a sweet flavor. Triple B's feels like it's a cinnamon flavor. Hmm. Uh, it is definitely not like a fireball or an aftershock, but it, it's more like a, uh, a whiskey, a standard whiskey, like a Jack Daniels type with just a little bit of sweetness in it, which, you know, Hawaii, they like a little bit of sweetness and everything. So it's fun. It's not something I would ever do as a daily drinker, but, uh, you know, a little taste of vacation on, uh, the week I return is, is not too bad either. So does it qualify itself as a bourbon? Cause it's in the States. It does not. It's just a whiskey, just a whiskey. All right. It's just well a whiskey. Done, yeah. They, they don't follow all the other rules. Like, uh, you know, what the mash has to be and, and uh, the virgin barrel and all that, but still good. I am still working off our Brown bracket. And so I went with the winner tonight, the old knob Creek single barrel. And I have to say that. I'm learning more and more about Knob Creek and I'm more and more impressed with Knob Creek because it doesn't fall under the savage foul or the Canadian blend. It is, it is a very unique sleeper whiskey. And it I, is. I enjoy it thoroughly. It's uh, it's very pleasantly surprising. And so this small batch that won our Brown bracket in 2021, is uh, quite pleasant. Very nice. That's a good pick. I think I had that last. It wasn't last show. It was a show prior. It's 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 definitely one that I will keep on the shelf at all times. It's a good one. Very well. Very well. Very Give well. So, uh, in the spirit of Knob Creek single barrel being a small batch specialness let's get into our brown news shall we this is the darkest brown you got yeah and i got news for you our first segment of brown news comes to us from our good old friends at the whiskey advocate this is 14 barrel proof whiskeys that deliver bold flavor 
dated June 15th, 2021. You can find this at whiskeyadvocate.com. For big, bold flavor, one needs to look no further than barrel-proof whiskey, especially American whiskey. Some of distillers' best bourbon and rye come straight out of the barrel, and they pack a punch, given that in hot, dry climates, such as Phoenix, Arizona, proof (laughs) rises over time thanks to barrels losing water at a faster rate than alcohol. At higher proofs, Flavors are concentrated and bottling at barrel proof more or less showcases the whiskey's recipe and the distiller's intent. The following bourbons in one rye range in proof from 54% to a whopping 69% alcohol by volume. And they all scored 90 points or more with whiskey advocates tasting panel. We're going to go through these shotgun round. Mm -hmm. Give me a quick take on if you've tried it and what you think. Ready? Yep. Barrel cask strength bourbon, batch 23. Have it, love it, top 20. Ooh, top 20. Mm-hmm. Maker's Mark, cask strength, Kentucky straight bourbon, batch Have it, 1901. It. Have it, love it, top five. Not mm-hmm. kidding. Got it from Costco, and Triple B went back and bought two more bottles. It cask is strength. outstanding. At yes. Costco. Fascinating, right? Well, sometimes you'll see them pull random things like this, which is why we're always going down that aisle. I've even heard uh, or Triple B's definitely seen it where uh, you'll see Pappy. It just shows up and it sells right out of town at Costco. Mm -hmm. So don't don't forget to go down that aisle, even if you don't want anything. You should look. I always go down. Even if I don't buy anything, I always go down. Uh, Maker's Mac cask strength, Maker's Mark chocolate, almonds, shortbread, and tobacco. It's delicious. And I don't like Maker's. I, it's not. It's not fair. It's not that I don't like it. It's not one of my favorite standard Makers. Don't put it in the same boat. It's not the same. That they do not taste the same. It would shock you drinking that. That that's Maker's. Hmm. So mm-hmm. very well. Bell Mead cask strength reserve batch number five. Now I have Bellmead, uh, Bellmead's made in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Louisville, Kentucky. It's made in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, and great. Violation. Yeah, it's it's a one, wonderful, wonderful bourbon, but I have not tried the castring, but I do have two bottles of the standard at home. So I'd love to try it. Uh, what I would love to do is meet the girl that writes these descriptions because it's usually the same one. Cinnamon mm-hmm. red hots, grape soda, chocolate covered caramels, and roasted corn. Not appetizing mm. to me. Not something that I would bottle up and serve. But nope. I do know of Bell Mead. You have spoken of it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of spoken before, one of your favorites is coming up here. W.L. Weller, foolproof Kentucky Straight. All Wellers are good. Never tried that one, though. All Wellers love are good. To get, Cross the love board. to get my hands on. Cross the board. Straight up. I actually like I like the taste of the standard green bottle that you can find for 23 bucks anywhere. Uh, not anywhere, but because people rip them off the shelf so fast. The mm. antique, the red one's a little bit harder to find. I have tried that at uh, fancier bourbon bars. I have not seen the foolproof. I uh, heard about it on the lookout for it. Never, never seen it or tried it, though. You and Mr. Jones talk about Weller quite a bit. Is there something specific about it? Is it? Produced in small enough quantities to make it rare? It's just a good recipe. Weller uh, actually 
uh, well, first of all, it comes from Buffalo Trace Distillery. Ah, it's well, actually the same. The it's the same exact recipe as um, uh, uh, Pappy Van Winkle. It's not aged the same way. It's not aged in the same house. Indeed. Uh, but it is the same recipe. So that's that's something to keep in mind. It's 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 the poor man's pappy, and it is delicious. Some dubbage. Mm-hmm. All right, then. All right, note to self. Well or whenever. Well or whenever. If you see it, grab it. It's worth it. There is an asterisk here that says, while this is not barrel proof, it is a high proof bourbon. So no mm. quote unquote. Uh, next up is four gate. Split Stave by Kelvin Cask Finished Bourbon. It's a new one to me. I haven't heard of it. Not familiar with this either. 91 points, 57.8%, $175 a bottle. Maybe that's why we haven't heard of it. Yeah. It's a little out of our price point. I'm not even sure. Where, does it come out? I wonder if it comes out of Kentucky or not. I haven't seen that one. Mm, to check that out later. Um, coming up, Savage Fowl. Wild Turkey <laughs> Rare Breed Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Have it, love it, top 20. Wild turkey. What's your take on wild turkey? Wild turkey is good. It's, uh, I don't, I think it gets a bad rap for being the cheap, uh, generic type whiskey mm-hmm. and, and maybe, uh, rightly so. Rightly so. But I, but I think the, um, when they're, when they took the added step to go the extra step to make it a premium brand, their premium brands, their Lexus, you know, they're, they're Audi or not Audi, but, uh, you know, what is, what is Honda's, um, this sounds like the Kia of bourbon. There you go. Well, yeah, it is the Kia of bourbon, but this one is their upper brand. So, uh, why am I blank brain farting on what's, what's Honda's upper brand? I can't Acura. Acura. Holy crap. Yeah. So it's the Acura to the Honda. So Mm. I would, I would definitely say, uh, worth, worth a try and, uh, pretty, pretty damn good. Well, with hints of caramel apples, pumpkin pie and roasted pecans, it's definitely a go-to Thanksgiving bourbon. That's for sure. I am, I am not picking up pumpkin pie in that thing, but cause I hate pumpkin. So that mm. woman's out of her mind, but it is good. <laughs> uh, old Ezra, seven year old barrel strength, Kentucky straight. Uh, never tried it heard of old Ezra though. Yeah. 94 points. It's at the upper end of the scale. Mm. 50 bucks too. Good Lord. Yeah. Coming in our new favorite knob Creek cask strength rye. Oh. I'm, I'm all for it. I haven't tried it, but I'm all for it. Tropical fruits, citrus oil, peach nectar, cinnamon, and peppery spice. Well, it's not Creek. We're gonna have to try it. Gotta try it. And uh, while Knob Creek came in number one in our brown bracket, number two came in was Angel's Envy. And the next one on our list here is Angel's Envy Cask Strength Port Barrel Finished Bourbon 2019 release. Never tried it, which is interesting because I've been to the distillery three times now. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it there either. So I don't know where to find that. Uh, They didn't even mention it when I was at the distillery. So that's very interesting because before when I'd been there, they they basically had two, their standard and their rye, and that's all they had. So Mm -hmm. this, this, this must be fairly new. 
Yeah, it looks oh, like it. 2019. Nutty, yeah, there you go. Nutty grain set off by dark fruit and pecan pie. Mm. Uh, next is one that I know that you're recently familiar with. Larceny, barrel proof, Kentucky straight. All day. Get it, have it, love it. Batch A120. I can't tell you that I got batch A120, but I do have a barrel proof Larceny. It's mm. good. Mm. Next one up is 1792 foolproof Kentucky straight bourbon. I've had this myself. Mm-hmm. Good one. Have it. Love it. Nougat and chewy toffee for real. I can, I can confer mm-hmm. uh, another asterisk here. Well, not barrel proof, quote unquote, this is a high proof bourbon. Next up is Booker's 201904 beaten biscuits, Kentucky straight. <laughs> I don't know if I have beaten biscuits, but I have Booker's. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have to go look at the bottle. This one but, right here, it starts with orange creamsicle, pepper, mm-hmm. dried oranges, and cigar wrapper. I believe it because Booker's and, and cigar wrapper is AKA very smoky flavor for a bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get very used to that when you're drinking scotch, but you don't usually get that in a bourbon. That one right. tastes like it came out of a piece of wood. And uh, it's good. And as a matter of fact, if you ever see Booker's, it's usually the wrapping outside the bottle is wood. And they put like a glass front on it. So it's pretty good. Hmm. Well, orange creamsicles, tough one to pass up. Yeah. Sweet Um, and stout. Sweet and stout. Hmm. Coming up at the top end of the point scale next is Stag Jr. Barrel proof, Kentucky straight. Have it, love it. Top five. If you ever see a Stag or Stag Jr., buy it. Buy it. (laughs) Buy it. Rounding out the 14 is one of my favorites. Elijah Craig, Barrel Proof, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, Batch A120. Have it. Love it. Rare. I got really lucky with a friend traveling in South Carolina who said he came across it. And I said, buy it. I don't care what it costs. Buy it. And I wasn't I wasn't disappointed. It was was it 60 bucks a barrel. It was uh, it was 90 for the bottle, but I'd buy I'd, I'd pay I'd pay more. It's it's that good. Coming in at 68%. It happens to be the strongest of our 14, but I love Elijah Craig. I am I am a convert in that bourbon area. So good on you, Elijah Craig. That is our 14. Comes to us from whiskeyadvocate.com. Next, coming up. Great list. Next up, Brown News is from MSN.com. This one comes from MSCNBC. Constellation Brands invests in Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul's Mescal. Mescal, making a move. I am a big fan of Mescal, as longtime listeners of the pod know. It is, to me, Mexican scotch. It is a very easy transition from one to the other. I would say that Mescal is much silkier. Than scotch is. I think scotch has a lot of acidity to it. Now, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you what the actual pH of the drink is, but the mouthfeel is a lot softer and more palatable in mezcal than it is in scotch. So you have very good choices in terms of a smoky beverage to finish off your night. And I am a big fan of mezcal. Once I learned via Mr. Cranston himself what mezcal versus tequila is. Well, I think you nailed the you nailed it on the head there. And I when I started getting into whiskey in general, one of my very, very good friends back in Ohio, massive scotch drinker. And I'm not talking about the cheap shit. So whenever you go out with her, it's you're you're going to you're going to spend some money if uh, it's your turn to buy around. But she has moved on to Mezcal and she got me, uh, you know, trying it out 
love it. Love mm-hmm. it. And I was, I was nervous too, because I like tequila, but usually when I'm ready to tie one on, I, I, I wouldn't just drink it in a glass. Like I do the bourbon mezcal. You can drink neat in a glass. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. hundred percent. I, I don't know that I can drink tequila anymore, but yeah. never say never. Right. According to the article, financial terms of the deal were not disclosed, but these transactions can be very lucrative for celebrities who start their own alcohol brands, leaning on the strength of their name recognition. In 2017, Diageo reportedly bought Casamigos, the tequila brand started by handsome George Clooney and his friend mm-hmm. Randy Gerber for $1 billion, with a B, dollars. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, man crush, aviation gin sold for up to $610 million last year also to... Diageo. Both fantastic, by the way. I'm going to make a point here that I have a hall pass for Blake Lively, which means I also have a hall pass for Ryan Reynolds. So if there's ever a Danny Paul three-way, I'll just kill myself (laughs) when it's done. (laughs) I think we're we're all in the same boat. And I do want to see a Van Wilder too. Somebody needs to kick him in. I want to see what Van Wilder grown-ups like. Pause for station identification right here. I'm going to shake the hand of all three of those children and say, I could have been you. Cranston and Paul launched Dos Ombres two years ago. The Mezcal brand will still be independently owned after the deal. Constellation made the investment through its venture capital arm. Last year, the Mezcal category grew 14%, according to data from industry tracker IWSR. The ultra-premium segment, which Dos Ombres belongs to, is the fastest-growing part of the category. Well said. A 750-milliliter bottle of Dos Ombres sells for about $65, and to me, money well spent. Yep, it is. And, and w- that's, that's, it's a great investment. It's, it's, it's rising. Go get mezcal. Mezcal going up, tequila going down. For sure. Right? For sure. Uh, it's bourbon going up, other whiskeys going down. And uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, how crippling the sparkling uh category i i don't know what else to call it but the white claws the trulies and every other brand the that's seltzer. been knocking these things up the seltzer thank you the seltzers are crushing beer right and wine coolers are damn they're non-existent now because of it so that's what's on the rise there's a reason they're on the rise they're delicious and if you haven't tried it go out and try it i remember listening to i want to say it was the nerdist but I'll take Cranston. Like Cranston can, can I'll watch Cranston taking a dump. I'll, I'll watch him reading a shopping list. Like he's just one of those actors that you automatically gravitate towards. He was talking to Hardwick on the Nerdist podcast, and he mentioned that he was talking to Aaron Paul. The show's over, but they're still buddies, right? And he was talking about uh, Clooney and Reynolds and The Rock. He's like, all these celebrities are getting into booze. Should we get into tequila? And, and he said, Aaron Paul said, uh-uh. If you want to get into something, we need to get into mezcal. Mm-hmm. which was ironic because the only reference to mezcal that I can remember is Woody Harrelson in the cowboy way with Kiefer Sutherland. You remember that movie? I can't say that I've ever seen the whole thing through. It's one of those things that I've, you know, gone down the, the channel surfing and caught about half of it or something. I, I never liked it that much. So it's a, it's a novelty movie. It's cute. I mean, it's, it's a worthy watch. It's, it's two non cowboy people trying to be cowboys and Woody Harrelson, of course, is charming as the day is long, but that is his signature drink throughout the entire movie. 
and his character is a lovable fuck up. That's just the way that they've written his character to be. So it's, it's kind of fun to him always seeking the mezcal. And when somebody says tequila, he goes, no, no, get that trash out of here. That was the only reference to that other than kind of the, the offshoot of that, which is mescaline, which is a nasty, nasty drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, that was the only reference to mezcal until Mr. Cranston introduced me to this category of which I bought a couple of his bottles and I thoroughly enjoy his product. So good on you, Dos Ombres. Uh, Breaking Bad lives on in the form of a very sweet bottle known as Mezcal. Am I wrong? Have you ever seen The Way of the Gun, which has one of the best opening lines of all movies of all time? I love Way of the Gun. I thought they were drinking Mezcal in that too. Oh. Shut that bitch's mouth before a fuck start her head. I've never had the opportunity to say that line in real life, but I'm waiting for it. We're going to have to pause after this show and we're going to have to talk about way of the gun. Cause I'm going to bring up the IMDB page and we're going to go over quotes from that movie. Cause that movie was impeccably written. It really was. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, that wraps up round news. Brown news. Brown news. We'll be right back. Welcome back. <laughs> well, that means you're going to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Today's crank file comes to us from artnet.com. And while I praised my Italian friends in the last segment, I'm going to say this week's crank file comes from an Italian. (laughs) An Italian artist auctioned off a, quote, invisible sculpture, unquote, for $18,300. It's made literally of nothing. It is a work that asks you to activate the power of the imagination unquote, Salvatore Garau said of his sculpture. And what you have here under news.artnet.com forward slash art world is an Italian in a nice suit looking like somebody just threw a drink in his face. (laughs) It does not look happy. I think this was a dare. There's no way this is real. I mean, this was a dare (laughs) and people bought it. From the department of they sold that for how much? comes today's story about an Italian artist who, for the cool price of 15,000 euro, recently auctioned an artwork that is, well, nothing. Last month, the 67-year-old artist Salvatore Garau sold a immaterial sculpture, which is to say that it doesn't exist. To be fair, the artist might disagree on conceptual grounds. For Garau, the artwork titled Lo Sono, which translates to I am, finds form in its own nothingness. The vacuum is nothing more than a space full of energy. And even if we empty it and there is nothing left, according to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, that nothing has a weight. He told Spanish news outlet Diario Us. Therefore, it is energy that is condensed and transformed into particles that is into us. Lozono went up for sale in May at the Italian auction house Art Rite, the pre-sale estimate value the piece between six to 9,000 euro, according to AS, but competing bidders pushed the price tag up to 15,000 euro. Thoughts on this before I sharpen my machete. 
bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's all I heard. I, I, I lost track of everything you said once you said there is no sculpture and somebody paid $18,000 for it. That's, that's all I can tell you. Bullshit. We are dumb. <laughs> if you believe that art is in the eye of the beholder, then you can say, this is a six, this is a nine, this is a rock, this is no really a heart. And you can get into symbolism and themes and allegories to try and explain us as a species. When you get to the point where you say, no, no, it's physics, it's uh, protons and neutrons and particles of light, photons, it's like, really? Mm -hmm. There needs to be something. So uh, apparently, according to this auction, which, hey, good on you. You made a lot of money for selling nothing. The person that bought this paid 15,000 euro, and all they got was a certificate of authenticity and a requirement that this be spread out in a five by three foot by five foot area, such that they can put the certificate of authenticity down in front of it and say, I paid for this art. And it's one of a kind. And I love the subjectivity of art. I think it's a wonderful thing. This to me is crossing the line. We've gone too far. We have gone too far. <laughs> I mean, this is art's equivalent to the pet rock. Like People got fooled into thinking it's something it's really not or something you have in your backyard and paid for it and the person that bought it should be plastered in times square in front of everyone with a big sign next to it says i'm with idiot or something because this guy is or girl i, I do do we know if it's a, we don't, we don't I, know I, a buyer no i guess it doesn't matter but at the end of the day the buyer's <laughs> a complete moron and that's all we really this is the story is not about a missing sculpture and a certificate of authenticity it is about a moron stupid enough to pay $18,000 for nothing. That's what this story is about. I am guilty. Personally, I am guilty of Neil deGrasse Tyson and star talk and quantum physics and alternate universes and all of these immaterial ideas of what is dark energy and dark gravity and what oh, I'm, I'm guilty of all that. I'm, I am a, I am a fucking nerd in the realm of, we don't understand this. When you bring it down to the level of, I am selling you something that doesn't exist, but you imagine it. It turns to me, it turns into that Robin Williams movie hook. It turns to me into the dinner scene. I have an ice cream, but it's fucking awesome. And you don't understand because you're not there and you don't get it. <laughs> like this to me, you know what this is to me? This is a 15,000 euro equivalent of, I have a girlfriend. She's in another school. You don't know her. Mm. That's what this is. Mm. So this guy, got, this guy or girl or whoever this patron of the arts is that threw down 15 euro. Moron. Now has Moron a piece of paper that they can for. say. I have this piece of paper. I paid 15,000 euro for it. I have this taped off area that you can't see, can't touch, can't feel, smell, hear. None of the five senses work. We're going to have to go to the sixth sense like we're in the matrix. 
And I now own effectively a non-fungible token of this volume of art that does not exist. So from a certain perspective, it's fucking genius. But to the end, probably 99% of the population of the world, you're stupid. You pay $15,000 for nothing. I hate to tell you, but I'm pretty sure this guy goes to work with his name on his shirt. <laughs> Let's hope not. The article goes on to say, oh, quote, you don't see it, but it exists. It is made of air and spirit. Stop it. Garbage. Quote, Bullshit. it is a work that asks you to activate the power of the imagination, a power that anyone has, even those who don't believe they have it. Unquote. This is so ridiculous. Indeed, many people on the internet seem to be having trouble tapping into that power. Quote, so you really just taped a square and called it a sculpture? Yeah. Unquote. Reads the most liked comment on the video page. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. We, we have so reached this week's prize for how did you be so awesome by doing no work? Salvatore Garau of Italy. Well done, sir. Well done. You get the award. You get the award for exposing. They need to rename this sculpture exposing human dysfunction. That's what this, this should be called. That's it for the crank file. That was a good one. Up next from boardpanda.com. Because, because Florida. Florida. This one comes to us from boardpanda.com forward slash hilarious Florida man headings. This is a two-year-old article, but I thought it was apt for Leon coming back to us from Kauai. We wanted some good, solid Florida shit. 60 times Florida man did something so crazy, we had to read the headings twice. Now, we don't have a lot of time for this, so I'm going to try and breeze through them as fast as I can. As I scroll, I want you to speak up, Leon, because we're going to talk about this shit. Okay. Florida man wears fuck the police shirt to court. Wins his case. <laughs> yes. That's Florida awesome. man attacked during selfie with squirrel. Florida. <laughs> That's so Florida. Florida man in no seriously, I have drugs t-shirt arrested for possession of drugs. <laughs> 2015. Oh my God. That's this awesome. This one I have a I have a personal fantasy love for because you're an airplane guy yes and i know exactly what's going on here that's awesome i Florida can't believe somebody suspected of using private plane to draw giant radar penis so for me this actually doesn't qualify for because florida because that's awesome in my opinion <laughs> that's awesome a lot of people a lot of the because florida articles are about people doing things that absolutely are ridiculously stupid but this took a lot of intelligence to be obnoxious and for that i say kudos for those of you that can't see the graphic who are listening at home he basically took off from kissimmee kissimmee yeah flew it's towards just east lakeland. of orlando yeah I flew towards lakeland and then planned his route so that he could draw a penis 
and then flew towards what do you think's up here? Uh, well, once you go up to the north and the right of that, it's Daytona. If you go up to the left of that, you're getting to the Pensacola area. What's interesting though is I think that this poor Florida man was misjudged. And I think if you go just east of that, uh, then that is where Titusville is, and that's where they launch rockets off. I think he made a rocket. Fair enough. A rocket <laughs> instead of a penis. Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing alligator through Wendy's drive-thru. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's Florida, so Florida man steals a car, realizes a baby's in it, drops baby off safely, makes his getaway. Well, that's a crook with a conscience. I, that's, I can accept that's that. Champion, yes, yeah, 2018. Uh, Florida cop claims Burger King put dirt in his food. Investigation reveals it was seasoning. <laughs> This, this is an ongoing King. investigation, by the way. This is not a joke. Is this because Burger King or because Florida? This is because <laughs> this is because don't spit in the cop's burger, leader of cola. <laughs> Thousands of gun owners in Florida planning to shoot down Hurricane Irma. Why not? Why not? Florida man gets tired of waiting at hospital, steals ambulance, drives home. <laughs> Yeah, if, that's bill murray if the hospital won't come to you you take the hospital home with you that's that's wise florida man tries to rob gamestop while wearing transparent bag on his One, head that, that's wonderful that that warms my heart when i see that 2018 people florida man breaks into jail to hang out with friends <laughs> Well, I guess it's better than committing a crime. Hot damn. <laughs> Florida man apparently painting anti-Hillary messages on Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, my God. This is 2016. You're going too far, uh, dude. Let it go. There's oh too many political God. signs as it is. That's awesome. Florida man hides in swamp after high-speed police chase gets stuck and licked by police dog. <laughs> Florida uh, man who tried to run to Bermuda, an inflatable bubble rescued by Coast Guard. Hey, well, he's trying to do something special. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm not hating on him. Florida man denies drinking and driving, says he only swigged bourbon at stops. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's got a case. <laughs> I never Where's... drank while driving. The car was parked. I'm I was so going to use that. I am not drunk in public. I was drunk in a bar. They threw me into public. Arrest them. <laughs> Florida man leaves job at Burger King, steals all their nuggets because fuck it. <laughs> I would. I would. Burger King is really Florida's nemesis, it seems like. Florida man arrested for assaulting girlfriend with fried chicken, as you do. As, as you do, yeah. Florida man climbs on playground equipment to tell children where babies come from. And, and I really do think the Magic 15 need to log in and see this guy's face. Oh, you guys are going to see this face tattoo. This is so awesome. 
Yeah, that is not who you want teaching sex ed to your children. May Tell 21st, 2018, tampabay.com forward slash news forward slash bizarre. Oh, mm-hmm. Florida man steals neighbor's peacock, gets chased by angry birds. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Oh, I love these. Florida man manages to misspell school on warning sign twice. <laughs> No. And what we're looking at, people, is a stenciled road graphic. Rather than school, it says school. Look it up. <laughs> Florida man stabs tourists despite having no arms. How do you do that? I love the headline. No arms, no problem. <laughs> Florida man arrested for driving stolen vehicle while monkey clings to his chest. As you do. As you do. Florida man ripped urinal from restaurant bathroom wall, ran away naked into the woods. We've all done that. And as I'm looking at all these urinals uh, on this picture, I do have to stop and pause and and talk about urinal etiquette to those out there. Yeah. You always go to the one on the right and then you work your way left and you, you get the biggest gap you can. The one that is most well lit. <laughs> you know what though? I, I got a good rule. story. <laughs> I was at, uh, I was at work and I went to the far right urinal. And this is one of those famous three urinal stalls where the right two are at normal height. And then there's the far left one, which is mm-hmm. much lower. And I went to the far right one. And as I was in there, the next gentleman behind me was every bit of seven foot. And I thought, is this guy going to do the right thing and pee in the low urinal? Or is he, because of his height, going to stand right next to me? And he did the right thing. And he went to the low urinal. And I actually commented and said how great his urinal etiquette was. And he laughed. (laughs) And he said, I thought about it, but. I knew the right thing was to come over here. Upper etiquette. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Florida man pauses police chase to rehydrate with stolen Capri Sun, says smoking crack makes him thirsty. <laughs> I, I believe him. I don't know. I guess it does. Probably does. Florida man gives police exonerating dash cam video following traffic incident. Accidentally includes video of him robbing a beauty store. Well done. Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida. Florida man admits killing goat and drinking its blood for pagan sacrifice would still like to be senator. Is he worse than anything else? Oh, is he libertarian. Worse? No, you're is not. It- no, you're is he not. Worse? Is he worse than what we currently have in office? All Florida man across the country. Pancakes in the middle of the crosswalk. Florida man disguises himself in bull costume as he tries to burn down former lover's house with pasta sauce. With pasta sauce. Florida man steals BMW after he's told he can't buy food stamps. Florida man arrested in local park for practicing karate on swans. <laughs> Haven't we all? Grown man. 
grown man, not a child we're talking about here. Haven't we all? <laughs> oh, Florida. Thank you. Thank you oh, for all that's the laughs. the crack file, my friend. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back. Time for our parenting segment. We can make kids right now. That's why we're here. It's not the years. It's the mileage. We have no particular reference for this episode. I just want to bring up a topic that I think most parents run into. I think it's a it's kind of a casualty of parenting. It's you you gotta sit and watch a dumb show with your kids, right? Because I get into many, many arguments with my wife over the Marvel universe because mm-hmm. I think my nine-year-old is mature enough to understand the violence and the themes, but there's sound bites that they can't repeat. And there's certain mm-hmm. things that are, that are not acceptable. So you get stuck watching the younger children programming, which is cool. Most of it I think is, but occasionally you would be presented with something that is magical, wonderful, or made by parents. And the reason I say that is because anybody that's had to sit through the wiggles or Teletubbies or any of their extremely children's programming. Yeah. Barney. Yeah. You just to throw a rock. I get it. It's their level of brain development as a parent. Shut up and sit through it. Right. And, and kids, when they like something, they want to watch it again and again and again and again and again and again. It's really painful when it's one of those shows you just mentioned. Right. Many, many times. So the gift is every now and then somebody who makes this stuff is also a parent. And they give us a gift. And that gift is hidden adult jokes. So um, you and I have talked about this offline, Leon, but one of our favorite shows for our kids, minus five and yours, four is Bluey. Absolutely. All day. If you're a parent and you haven't seen it, watch it. Hilarious. Bluey is an Australian cartoon about a Queensland healer dog and his family or her family, I should say. And the entire world is set in the kind of pets as people genre. And it's mostly dogs. So if you're looking for the idea of dogs as people, take a cue from the secret life of pets. Think about that in Australia with Queensland healer as the breed. Um, Blue healer is also what they're known as. The main character is Bluey. She's six. Her little sister, Bingo is also a healer their mom's uh bandit and i can never remember the mom's name but no their dad is bandit and i can't the dad is bandit right i can never remember the mom's name it is a wonderful 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 television program it's from the queensland broadcasting corporation it's an affiliate of the bbc it's on disney plus yeah find it watch it enjoy it 
it does make me feel like less of a father because what happens in in the show that in Bluey specifically, but I think what you're getting at here is that what happens in that one specifically is that the parents completely buy into the imagination land of the children and whatever game they're playing, they're all in 100% all in. And so are the neighbors and anybody else they come in contact. They all just accept that when the kids are going to play some game or some, uh, you know, pretend world that everyone's just a hundred percent in on it. And it's hilarious because of the way they deliver it. And they just can constantly throw in adult humor. The kids go, goes way over kids' heads, but they do it in such a funny way that the kids are laughing too. So great one. But I, I know you've called out some others uh, in this segment that I think also deserve a little bit of praise because of the same thing where they give true success. Now, if you really want parents to watch it, you got to give us something too, you know? I think it is one of the great successes of children's programming when somebody says, wait a minute, we want the parents watching this with them, right? We don't want the latchkey kid, uh, 1970s generation of just sit them in front of the TV and let the TV babysit. They want to do some kind of adult immersive education. So you get it out of uh, DreamWorks. You absolutely get it in Pixar. You're starting to get it in multiple other areas where they want the programming to be just as entertaining for the adults as for the kids. And so I think it's amazing that the alchemy that they figure out is how can we keep the kids enwrapped and involved while still throwing a bone to the parents? And Bluey, to me, satisfies all of those boxes. Mm -hmm. The American version of Bluey, to me, is Pixar. Yeah, Um, great. That's great. Disney in general, DreamWorks to a lesser degree, they seem to get it. Let's throw a couple of jokes in for the parents so that they can enjoy it because we want it to be a family environment rather than stick the kid in front of the TV and walk away. So Bluey is a four-person household. It's two parents and two girls. And it's really the adventure of what it means to be six and four for these kids. And the irony is I don't have girls. I got boys, but my boys are three years apart. And whether there's six and four girls or six and four boys, I believe the adventure is the same. So as I watch these kids interact with each other, the Australians have fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. So Bluey, despite being slightly different than the exact details of my family, is exactly my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really enjoyable to watch because they get interdynamics of kids at a certain age. They understand kids between ages and they understand the challenges of parents dealing with that age, which is why Bluey, which only has two seasons on Disney plus is probably one of the best television shows I can think of at least 10 years running. Did you know that uh, the father on Bluey is actually a, 90s rock star no way <laughs> yes yes and up? yeah oh when he picked it up he thought this was just going to be a quick thing and it turned out to be this massive hit and he's 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 a uh he's a musician and he was a famous musician for a while i don't know him because i'm not from australia 
but I'm sure if I went and looked up some of his songs, I would have heard it before. But yeah, he he sounds like an Australian British rocker. <laughs> I didn't realize that's who he was. So look it up. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He's absolutely talented for sure. Oh, he's spot on. But he's, he's stuck spot now, on. right? This was a this is a temporary gig, and now he's stuck in it. And he's so good at it. Oh, he's brilliant. My favorite character is the dad. He's so funny. Matter Uh, of fact, there was an episode, I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but it happened to me tonight since we're in the parenting session. I went uh, trying to get uh, my daughter signed up for Adventure Guides. It's a YMCA program. It's a great program to have, you know, bonding between fathers and daughters. You go out camping and do all this stuff. And they're having a pool party and I was going to go and introduce myself and everything. So I packed a bag. I had her water wings in. I had her 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 uh towel and i had mine and everything we're gonna go to this thing and i went i grabbed the wrong bag and so when i get to the party (laughs) she's got her bathing suit but nothing else i got no towel here i am trying to be an impressive father to all these people i got nothing i don't have food for it i don't have snacks i have nothing because it's all in the other bag so there was an episode of bluey where exactly the same thing happened where the father (laughs) said he was taking uh, the kids to the pool no nothing yeah, nothing. I saw it. Oh, it's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> and I was like, I, that's what I feel like. I feel <laughs> like let's wing it because you gotta you gotta make it work. So great, great show. And it's there a great- is a there was a similar episode that I resonated with where the father is a stay-at-home dad. He's got a job, he's got an office, so he works, but for the most part. He works and then he goes out and he plays with the kids. And I want to echo what you're saying is the show buys into the sense that the kids rule everything. Like the adults don't have taxes. They don't have responsibilities. They don't have bad moods. They don't have bad days. Everything is from the perspective of the kids. And so the adults do really, really strange stuff at the behest of the children, which is good if it's a children's program. But you think of it as an adult, like that would never happen. But that's what the kids want. At one point, there was a episode where the father is playing too rough with the youngest. I love this one. I have experience with that one. And at some Mm -hmm. point, the youngest says, Dad, you're playing too rough. And he goes, well, well, can we discover what too rough is? And that's kind of true. Because as a parent of multiple children, you kind of develop what it is that's acceptable with the oldest child. And if Uh you try and apply that to the younger child, you're going to get in trouble. So you Uh have to figure out what's acceptable to the oldest or the youngest. Now, in my personal case, it was flipped. The youngest child is a tank. Uh They're physically indestructible. (laughs) I would feel comfortable giving them something dangerous. So I had to do with the opposite. I had to modify my behavior for the oldest child. Same Uh idea, though. It was... Is this okay? Yes. Is this okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is this okay? No. Okay. Now I know where the line is. It was wonderful <laughs> that a cartoon ex- explored that so that the kids and the parents could have that moment together. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. other one that I want to bring up is like Pixar for real has the best jokes ever. So uh, I want to do one Pixar example, then I want to move on. In a bug's life, mm-hmm. there are two praying mantises that are Shakespearean actors. And you and I are acting kids, so we get it. Yep. 
for those of you listening in the outside world, the two praying mantises, they follow all of the rules of nature. Like if you're aware of what praying mantises do, once they mate, the female bites the husband's head off and the father dies. That's a part of making children. That's a praying mantis thing. But what they did was they kind of imbued these Richard Burton or Lawrence Olivier qualities onto these praying mantises, knowing that the female would bite the male's head off. And that makes it so much funnier as an adult because you know what's going to happen. So while they're doing their elevated high British uh, BBC back and forth, you know, at some point when they have children, she's going to bite his head off and he's dead. <laughs> and as an adult, you laugh at that because it's absurd. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Pixar is great. You know, and you called out Disney too. I would say as early as little mermaid, they started to figure this out that you have mm. to cater to the adults as much as you have to cater to uh, the kids. And, and I think Pixar was a great acquisition for Disney uh, to continue that. Yeah. hundred percent. Give, give the adults a reason to show up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have a, a special segment that we want to introduce here, which is a Peter Griffin inspired segment where Leon gets thrown down on what it is that's grinding his gears, as Peter Griffin would say in Family Guy. So we're going to enter this segment now. I'm going to try and find some music and some graphics for it, but here we go. It is Leon Loathes. Uh, thank you, Danny. And, and really where this kind of kicked off is a lot of times once the mics go off and Danny stops recording, is that's when I go off and Danny's been saying for a while, why is this not recorded? Why do you wait for the show to end before you go on a 10-minute rant about the stupidest bullshit? And I said, I don't know. Why don't we just put a segment in and name it and I'll go on it. I'll go on a rant. Today's rant. And you may be on board with me. And if you're not, I don't give a shit. Lines. Why do we accept this in today's society where we go wait in lines? And what it does to us and how it eats us up inside. And we just accept it. And you don't think I'm right? Go to Disney. Go spend $200 to wait in line for 80% of the day so that maybe you might have 20% of joy. I'm sorry, not even 20%. Because 10% is walking around. 5% is actually riding the rides you want to ride. And, the, and 5% is eating or spending more money on other bullshit at the park. Otherwise, you're just waiting in line all day. Why is, your, why is your kids excited to do that? They're really not. They're really not. They're excited about what it could be. But you sit in lines all fucking day. And, and I'll also bring up, the reason I'm bringing this up in the first place is because I waited in no less than four lines in Lahui to try to get home. I had to wait in a line to go through agriculture. And then I had to go wait in a line to check myself in. Then I had to grab my bag and go wait in another line for them to take my bag. Then I had to go wait in a line. I'm sorry, I got more than four. Then I had to go wait in line to go through security so then go through all my shit. Then I had to go wait in line to go through agriculture check number two so that I could wait in line before I got on an airplane. And we just accept this. This is a norm. Hey, just wait in line. And then, and then you're like, I'm one of the 
the respectable people out there in society where I'm going to, I'm going to wait in line. I'm going to wait in queue if you're in Britain, right? I'm going to do what everybody tells me I'm supposed to do and wait patiently in this line. And you always have that fucking asshole that comes up and cuts in line or makes some insinuation that they know the person and Hey, they were there before. And you just want to rip their head off and shit down their neck because that is what Lie, you're supposed to be back here. You're supposed to be through the same amount of misery that I've been. I've been here longer than you have. Why do we accept this? It's complete horseshit. <sighs> that felt good. I like this. A therapeutic segment. I like this. Danny, do you have any feeling about lines? I don't know. You just I kind of ex- want to let you run, man. If, it's, if you want to talk about the economics of Disneyland, it is not dollar per hour efficient. It's horrible. But the line factor queuing up for five minutes of enjoyment like who who in any other oh i wouldn't even say work environment fuck it any human anywhere on the face of this planet would you wait in line for three hours to have five minutes of enjoyment great you know we you know you all heard those statistics on how much of your life you're asleep and you're like wow man Maybe I should spend less time asleep. No, you should not. Sleep is good. It, it makes you better as a person and healthier. Listen to the numbers, if anyone can come up with them. How much time you spend waiting in lines? It will be, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. Maybe we'll bring them up next time, but it's got to be staggering. It's got to be years of our life. We stand in line behind someone else. The only good line I've ever stood in, and Danny, you're going to remember this was Space Mountain <laughs> at Disneyland. And not only was it great for us, it was great for everyone because we'd had it that day. And we were training for our final in theater. And that's right. You have finals in theater. That it we hot. were going to... It was, hot, it was hot. It was hot that day. And we were trying to nail who's on first. Mm. And we were doing an Abbott Costello. And we were getting good at it. And we were said, hey, well, we're going to be in line for the next 45 minutes doing switchbacks. Let's run through who's on first. And we did, and we were good at it. And everybody was watching us going back and forth and back and forth. And we got louder and louder as we were going through the routine. That's the only line that's ever been fun because we did something with it. Otherwise, you just stand there like an idiot for hours and hours and hours a day for one to two minutes of enjoyment. Why do we put up with that? I don't know. I haven't figured that one out. And even they try to come up with, new innovative ways to not stand in line, but you're still standing in line or you have to wait, wake up in the middle of the night to go into a queue so you can stand in line for a little less time. And we still buy into it. We're like, Oh, I I love it. I I only have to stand in line for 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes, but I had to get up at midnight tonight to do it. And and we're fucking assholes and we're stupid and we can't, we shouldn't stand for it anymore. Is my point. Done. I agree. 100%. Thank you. That's what uh, I needed to hear. With regards to that fateful day back in '96, uh, yeah, '96, '97, '97, '96, right? Yeah. Back in that fateful day of '96, we held the line such that we got to the point where the people that ran the ride had nobody to load. Mm-hmm. That's how good we were. And we had a standing ovation. Absolutely. <laughs> Why well, everybody was standing? They were in line. So I, yeah, I'm not taking. I, there was no such okay. thing as a sitting ovation. 
don't take that from me. That was one of my first standing ovation. <laughs> what I had a lot of was people the line clapping. stopped while we were doing the routine. And the routine is two or three minutes, right? So you got to think about what your average customer churn is. They they bring those cars in every couple of minutes. So it's likely that people just sat and waited. Anybody that was outside sat and waited for us to finish the who's on first Abbott and Costello routine. Anybody that already made it inside the, the uh, building was like, whatever, I'm going to sit on the ride. But we were so good that day that everybody waited. Wait, well, hold on. This is two yahoos doing this thing. I got to watch this. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was the best it ever was. I will say the best we ever did it was in line for Space Mountain. Fantabulous, yep. my friend. Happy June 17th. We are five days away from the summer. Oh, it didn't feel like it. Well, for me, it's already summer. But for you, maybe things will get better or worse or... About the same. I have the best weather in the world. Glad to have you Danny, back from Kauai, my friend. It's a pleasure, as always. Stay out of trouble. Till next week. You too, sir. Till I see you next. All right. Bye, buddy. This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>